0: Wednesday, and you guys know exactly what that means. It is another edition of the Buffalo Blitz podcast on the Built in Buffalo Network. You guys can check us out every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on Facebook, on YouTube, and on Twitter. You guys make sure you guys check us out every week and make sure you guys follow Built in Buffalo Network on every single platform. Like I just said, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, as well as Instagram. We post extremely great content. Dave Myers, founder of Built in Buffalo is Awesome. And you guys are going to love it. Built in Buffalo on any major platform. But guys, every Wednesday, 8 p.m., second edition of the Buffalo Blitz. Last week, we had Izzy from the Red Zone Report. And today we have Matt from Witty Not Funny Sports. So let's bring on our guest, guys. What's up, Matt? How we doing, man?
1: Pete, how's it going, man? Thank I'm, you for having me man,
0: on. I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you coming on. First, the first time we've actually had a conversation. Now we're doing a live show
1: i know i got a lot to live up to you guys killed it the first week with izzy so i gotta i gotta step my game up here uh first question to you though can i call you peter the million dollar man DiBiase? if you want it sounds <laughs> i like it, it sounds
0: okay. nice. um guys make sure you guys just check say everybody's out. got a price
1: for me <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys make sure you guys check out matt on uh the built in buffalo podcast network matt when do your episodes drop i think i, I know but i want to make
1: sure i get the right uh right day Yeah, we drop every Sunday on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. So, you know, give us a give us a like, give us a follow. Do like you mentioned in the opening, Built in Buffalo, just giving you something every day, killing it every single day. YouTube, Facebook, podcasting. So, uh, yeah, just support us. We we try to be funny. We try to give a, a casual take on bills talk and uh we have a fun time doing it so uh like last episode we reviewed a, a famous bills movie i'd say uh <laughs> made for tv tnt movie called second string where the bills actually won the super bowl it was one of those like so bad it's good movies and yeah it, it was a good time just watching it and reviewing it so yeah definitely check us out every sunday and uh yeah if, if you like us uh you know drop a subscribe and like and uh, follow
0: Yeah, guys, make sure you guys do that as well as everything built in Buffalo. Also, make sure you guys like this video right now or the the live show, whatever you want to call it um, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, any platform we are on. That would be awesome as well as the comment section, guys. Um, If you guys want to drop your comments, like it says on the ticker below, drop your comments, drop your questions, and we will answer them and interact with them as they come in. So first order of business, Jerry Hughes signs with the Houston Texans. Obviously, before I get to that, you know the title of the video. We'll be talking about the defense for the Buffalo Bills, kind of breaking down. We'll throw in a little schedule, so if you guys want to comment some schedule stuff, um, we'll definitely answer that. Last night on conflict of interest, uh, Akeem and uh, Dan Kelly both broke that down a lot, so I don't want to be repetitive, but if you guys have comments or questions about the schedule, um, Matt and I will be happy to answer that. But we're going to start with Jerry Hughes, signs with the Houston Texans, Let me get your uh, thoughts on the Jerry Hughes signing.
1: Yeah, yeah, Jerry Hughes. uh, Before we get started, though, I just want to get a clarification from you, Pete. Uh, We're talking about the football player, not the author of the book, How to Take Great Photographs with Any Camera, right? I think we're going to be talking about the football player. Okay, okay. I just need to (laughs) quickly adjust my notes here. No, no. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, um, Jerry Hughes, what what is there to – I mean, you you have so much to say about him. I mean, it was – honestly like one of the best trades ever the bills organization ever has ever made and the fact that like doug whaley made it is equally as impressive because doug whaley's tenure as a bill gm was not not the greatest time in this organization's history with you know drafting ej even though it was kind of a buddy next thing and as he went out but um you know whaley didn't build the greatest roster either so uh but in 2013 we traded for uh calvin Shepard for jerry hughes and we thought it was kind of just two guys who needed a, a new change of scenery. And, you know, Kelvin Shepard was off the Colts and uh, it, within a year, maybe a year plus, but very shortly in 2014, he got cut by the Colts. And Jerry Hughes went on to have a, a really, really good career for the Buffalo Bills, uh, fourth in the team, an organization, team history in sacks with 53. Um, so, I mean, I'm sad to see him go. I, Despite the sack numbers not being there, the sexy stats, if you will, not being there, like he's still, if you look at, and I know not everyone's like a deep analytical person, and I'm not either, but if you look at like pressure rates and things like that, he was still like tops in the league. Like Van, uh, Von, I said Van Miller, Von Miller was like third, and <laughs> Jerry, he was like fifth in terms of pressure rates and things like that, according to like PFF, I believe. So um, I'm a little sad to see him go, especially because he's at the tail end of his career and he's going to a team that really has no super bowl aspirations and it's probably, you know, a 5-year project in the Texans to even start sniffing the playoffs, I think. Um so it it's a little bittersweet, but I mean, you can't say enough about his career here.
0: Yeah, well, Jerry Hughes obviously signed with the Texans yesterday. This one of the sad things like you said, he's going to a team that is like you said 5 years away from legitimately contending if so he's right. not winning a Super Bowl this year. Obviously, we went to, to win no. Super Bowl. Obviously, that's our main goal. But if Jer- if we didn't somehow win it, um, or somehow don't win it, Jerry Hughes winning it was not that. It's not. It's not a bad consolation. Obviously, you get what I'm saying there. Um, but yeah. he's been there since I was 12. I'm 21, so he's been there since 2013, Buffalo Bills. So I was 12 when the Bills, um, made that trade. So he kind of not like a majority of my teenage years. Jerry Hughes was the defensive end. Um, who was it with Mario Williams, Marcel Darius, Kyle Williams, guys like that? But Jerry Hughes has always been there. And look, his statistical numbers have kind of, kind of dropped. I'm looking at it: two sacks in 2021, four and a half in 2020, four and a half in 2019, and then he had seven in 2018. But yeah. he was kind of rotational the last two years, so it wasn't like right. I think that that stat number is probably a little. I guess, lowered based off how he performed and just his lack of snaps. Cause he was probably getting four. I think he was getting 40% of snaps a game. So that's obviously not going to generate a ton of sack numbers. And he wasn't an elite sack, excuse me, elite sack, um, defensive end, but right. You kind of saw the writing in the wall. When you bring in Von Miller and you bring in Shaq Lawson, you have Boogie Basham, who you drafted last year in the second round. You have Gregory Rousseau, who you drafted last year in the first round. And you have A.J. Appanato, who drafted in the second round two years ago. So I think we see the writing in the wall. We just kind of saw the writing in the wall. There were some rumors, like obviously you saw Mar- Mario Addison um, not re with the Bills. And then there's some rumors, just Jerry Hughes come in and get a spot with Shaq Lawson, like battle out um, for a position with Shaq Lawson. The problem is Shaq Lawson's like such a team-friendly deal. Like There's no like benefit from cutting him. Like he's such right. a team friendly deal and he's younger and he is a little more hungry because he's trying to prove, you know what? I can still play in this league, get that mm-hmm. another contract. That is a little more, uh, has more value. So he probably would want not. So he has more, I guess, energy and more, um, instinct to get to the ball, to the quarterback. So we kind of saw the writing in the wall with Jerry. I, I loved Jerry and I thought he was very good. The conversation with him being on the wall of fame, is very iffy <laughs> because I feel like we don't need to get into that conversation because if we do, you just start criticizing the player, and I don't think that's what we should be yeah. doing. Look, the wall of fame should be for the best players, yeah. But Jerry Hughes is fourth all time in Bill Sachs. Um, that's a pretty good number to be on, I guess. Top Absolutely. five on the team in sacks. Well, people are like, Well, Kyle Williams should be there in the wall of fame first, but I, I yeah, of course, Kyle Williams is great. We're not that's not what we're right. talking about here. Um Jerry's is still <laughs> playing. Like he's still playing football games next year. So there's no one. Right. Kyle Williams has been retired for two was it two years Kyle Williams has been retired for is it that one yeah long? I mean two years. Well it was well, it was, I think no, it was it was Josh now because year. His, his
1: his final game was
0: no Josh Allen's first year was his, what, was his uh yeah. was it last year cuz it was the Miami game when we were like I remember record 6 and like 6 and 10 or whatever we were. So yeah, it was yeah, it was Josh Allen's first year. Yes, yes. it was Josh Allen's first year was yeah. uh So yeah, Kyle Williams, not Kyle, Williams, Jerry Hughes um is signing with the Houston Texans. Um we kind of saw the writing in the wall
1: there. It'll, but- it'll be interesting cuz both him and Addison are now with Houston and the whole thing with them was like Addison, before he came to the Bills, was like consistent, an eight, nine sack guy the three or four previous years with the Panthers. And now both of them go to the Texans.
0: Yes. With
1: their numbers down at the end of their careers, is like now it's going to be interesting to see if, like, Hughes and Addison are just like a pro, if they're just really at the tail end of their careers and they just can't produce the sack numbers they, they used to. I mean, Hughes' best years, as you mentioned, were the first two years he was here, 2013, 2014, where he had double digit yeah. sacks. But, um, it's just, it, it, we'll see if it's them or just a product of the system. If they can turn those pressures into sacks now at Houston, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how they do.
0: Yeah, exactly. What's up, Juliet? Hopefully you're having a good night. Hopefully you're enjoying um, Buffalo Blitz. Dan, we agree with Dan. What is, make sure to like, share, and tell all your friends about everything within built in Buffalo. That's probably the best thing you can do tonight.
1: Dan's a smart Uh, guy.
0: Dan knows knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Dan Kelly and Akeem on Tuesday night's um, Conflict of Interest 815. You guys don't want to check that out. Dan Kelly, glad to see you. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And David Meyer, smash that like, guys. I agree. If you're going to listen to someone, it's probably going to be Dave. So why not smash that like, right? right? Why not? Why not? It says it in big
1: letters right below me. Just do it, people. Yeah, Yeah, smash the (laughs) like,
0: guys. So we're going to kind of move on to what uh, the topic is tonight. We're going to be kind of breaking down the defensive outlook for the Buffalo Bills. Hopefully, we can get to everything in our time frame. But if you guys want to drop comments on that or drop comments about the schedule or anything, we'll be uh, always open to answering anything you guys got. We're going to be starting with the defensive tackle position. We're going to talk about our main man, Ed Oliver. And, however, coming over to Buffalo, not coming over to Buffalo, he's the anchor in this D-line unit. They brought in Tim Settle, they brought in Jordan Phillips, and they brought in Daquan Jones. So, Matt, what are your expectations for the defensive tackle position for the Buffalo Bills?
1: Yeah, I mean, this was the the position I think Brandon Bean put the most emphasis on this offseason with just a complete turnover. You know, they lose... Justin Zimmer don't bring him back um, Harrison Phillips obviously who had a nice year last year but I think being really went into this offseason recognizing over the past two years our run defense has really stunk like and it doesn't yeah. seem to be getting yeah. fixed with the personnel we have so I mean he really did a 180 in terms of flipping this what this defensive line looks like and you know the one the one consistent last year and probably the past couple of years has been at Oliver and they've just picked up his fifth year option and he had his best year as a bill last year. So um, it seems like he's really f- figuring out the system and really excelling in the system. I think it's going to do wonders for him to have a guy like Daquan Jones next to him because honestly, or, or even tip settle who can, who can you know bounce between one and three techniques, um, you know, depending on the situation, but um, having having Jones next to him, I think is going to be big because honestly, I think we can all agree. Star Lake didn't really cut it, no. and you know, first contract during his during his time done. here, right? And, and contract, I think the, that also was brutal. Yeah, and I think the the COVID pandemic really just yeah affected him and you know his game. So. Um, you know, that that's a tough situation, but in terms of performance on the field, like he was getting like 20% of snaps and I know they do a rotation, but his number was really low towards the end of the season where he wasn't even starting and Harrison Phillips was getting more snaps. And, but at Oliver, you know, with these guys next to him and you've got to think with an increased, uh, edge presence with, with Miller and Rousseau, who's uh, on an off-season program, looking jacked, and Boogie Basham came on nicely at the end of the year, and has really worked this off-season. Based on all the reports I've read, with a with the increased edge presence, I feel like Ed Oliver is just going to be like riding that horse to like the best number, <laughs> the best sack numbers, and the best year he's had. So um, I, I'm excited for what Ed Oliver can bring, and I think you know the incentive for the second contracts there this year, and he's he's going to be a beast. I mean, when we drafted him, what was the what was I mean, my thought was—I don't know what anyone else's thought was—but my thought was Aaron Donald White. Like you're not yeah. getting Aaron Donald because he's a generational player and one of a kind, but he could be a poor man's Aaron Donald, and that's what we kind of saw last year. And I'm just looking for him to kind of expand on that this year.
0: Yeah, well, the Bills' run game last year and the last two years have been very—or not run game, run defense, excuse me—very suspect. Run defense yeah. and. That affects obviously also Absolutely. the linebacking core with Tremaine Emmons and Matt Milano. It's it's just makes their job harder. Um, the Bills are going to have to stop the run consistently because we know that pass defense, and we'll obviously get to that, is very good. You have Trey White, you brought in Kyrie Lam, Dane Jackson, Micah Hydron, and Porter. You guys know the names. So that secondary is very good. Linebacking core is very good too. The D lineman has always been the question mark, I think, with the Bean McDermott um, group so far. And you have Ed Oliver, who is. In a, he picked up his fifth year option, so he wants that next contract, and I think he's gonna get that next contract from the Buffalo Bills. What's that number, good old? What's the years? I don't want to speculate. And I have no idea. Um, but bringing in Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, and Jordan Phillips because you lost Justin Zimmer, who I believe is still a free agent. Correct? Is Justin Zimmer still a free agent? Yeah, I
1: don't agent? think he's been picked up. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think he's been he, so, picked up.
0: Could he be a camp body? Yeah, but you do have four D tackles or kind of already that are kind of gonna make the roster. I'm okay so I think <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they officially moved on from Justin Zimmer, and then obviously okay. the biggest loss was the Harrison Phillips loss. I think that you can yeah. see you can see the loss, but for the contract, I think the Bills wanted to, I think use their money elsewhere, and we saw elsewhere was
1: Von Miller. Um,
0: but yeah. Tim, Settler, I think it's important doctor, too.
1: Pete, 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 that was a great. I'm sorry to interrupt, but that no, was, no, I thought no, it was, was a great did, yeah. point about their their run defense because it's what you said. It's important in every way you said. It's also important because teams are now going to do everything they can to keep the Bills offense off the field. And that means run the ball and they're going to dominate time of possession or going to try to dominate time of possession because you look at this offense and I know we're talking about defense today, but you know, offense is in the equation here. The defense is their run defense is going to have to step up because teams are not going to want to see Josh Allen and that offense put up 35 points a game on them. No. And I agree. So if the Bills can get off the field by stopping the run, it obviously
0: opens up a lot of, Envelopes for your offense to succeed and obviously make teams pass, which is the strength of our defense, which is our secondary. Absolutely. Um, yep. but you brought in guys that are big, like Ed Alvarez a little smaller on the D-tackle um spectrum. Tim Settle, Dequan yep. Jones, and Jordan Phyllis, but Tim Settle, Dequan Jones are not, they're not small. Those are big <laughs> no, guys. Big and boy. Tim Settle was in a rotational role in uh with the commanders in uh Washington and I think we see a Tim Settle this year that's going to get more snaps. He'll be in the four-man rotation with the D-tackle. Will he be that second D-tackle? That's going to be very interesting. Who was that second D-tackle next to Ed Oliver? Is it DeQuan Jones, Jordan Phillips, Tim Settle? My probably best bet would probably be DeQuan Jones. That's probably my my guess. So. And then Tim Settle's that third, the next D-tackle, and then probably Jordan Phillips. That is my guess. You guys can comment what you guys think of that defensive tackle uh, unit. But the Bills are going to be able to stop the run. When I, I don't think Tim Settle and Daquan Jones are guys at D tackle or are going to be able to get after the quarterback consistently, but that is fine because you brought in Von Miller, your Rousseau, Epenesa and Basham. You have the edge pressure to do that. And I think Ed Oliver is very good at getting after the quarterback. And like you said, Matt, this is going to free up Ed Oliver. And Von Miller will also free up Ed Oliver, will also free up Gregory Rousseau. People don't understand the Von Miller aspect. We're going to get to him in a second, but the aspect of Von Miller and it'll be a fun conversation: how good he is going to be for the Bills, because not just because his production in the field, obviously his leadership, but the avenues he opens up for the younger defensive linemen. So look, DeQuan Jones himself. This Russian defense should be um, much better. Hopefully, top half. Absolutely. And we don't need a repeat of Derrick Henry running on us. And obviously, I think it's not even like. It was a bad rush defense. It's just there was a, there was a couple games, like the Derrick Henry-Titans game, the Colts game against uh, Jonathan Taylor. Like, it wasn't a bad thing, but if you have like a – what would you say, like above-average run D? Or maybe like a top – if you can get someone on like a top 12 run defense. Top half, yeah. Oh, my God. Because the secondary is top two, top three in the league. Offense is mm-hmm. first or second. You slow down the run, it's going to be very interesting.
1: Yeah. Very... Does it bother you that every Derrick Henry clip they ever show or highlight they ever show is him stiff arming Josh Norman to like the depths of hell?
0: <laughs> it bothers me a little, but at least it's like Josh like, Norman. Like, you can't was... pull
1: any other Derrick Henry clip, please. Yeah. At least it wasn't Trey White or somebody like that we like. Right. It yeah. <laughs> was someone not on the team.
0: Yeah, it was two years ago and we sharing snaps with uh, Levi Wallace and he would obviously pass his right. prime. <laughs> Built in Buffalo, guys, make sure you smash the like button. Guys, always smash the like button. Make sure you comment. What's up, Brian? How we doing, Brian? From Breaking Tables Mondays and Thursdays at seven thirty. That's tomorrow night. Henry will be limited to less than fifty yards Monday night football against this nasty D line. I hope so. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll if see. if that if that happens, then it's gonna be a blowout because I don't see them really passing
1: historically. It. Henry doesn't do well against the Bills. Like shockingly,
0: yeah. Other than he
1: last year's game when he, you know, there was a couple holds that were missed and whatever. But yeah, that like, big typically run. Henry does not do that well. So I mean. Brian could be on to something there. Look, and I think Derek Henry's gonna be overworked this year
0: because you obviously lose AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill's kind of I wouldn't say declining, but he's his
1: production dropped he's last about year. Malik Willis. Yeah, and I'm Malik Willis. <laughs> they,
0: him, they drafted Traylon Burks, obviously, but it's a rookie. It's expecting it's a, a lot to expect um to be rookie to be number one receiver. They do have Robert Woods, but he's not a go up and get him receiver. And we love we love Robert here and uh love Robert. Bobby Trees. You yeah. could always if Robert Woods ever wanted to come back, I am not against that. Um, but yeah, so the defensive tackle you, unit, I would say it's up upgraded. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway. I think it, I think
1: it was like the number one, like on things to do this offseason, like Brandon Beans checklist upgrading the defensive line, especially at defensive tackle, was was a big thing. Cause I mean, like I said, Harrison Phillips, nice year last year, but not not your typical no two gap, you know, double team, take up, you know, kind of player. So they needed that guy. And I think Daquan Jones, I think Daquan Jones is probably going to be like one of the more underrated signings. And it's not going to be from, you know, a stats standpoint, but it's going to be from him allowing other guys to thrive standpoint. So.
0: Some reports coming in that we're playing Rams week one. Let's go. Um, I would be Supposedly. very step- skeptical of all these reports. Like. Look, Bill's playing Titans Monday <laughs> Night Football. That was announced by the NFL. That's legit. Uh, Rams-Broncos uh, Christmas, it's legit. I've seen two different games that we're playing on Thanksgiving, like two different reports. We're playing the Ravens in one and the Lions in the other one. So I'll be very uh, skeptical. it would be very interesting to see if we do play the Rams uh, in L.A. on Thursday night because we are playing another primetime game the next week. Um, but what, quickly, what are your thoughts on the – Chances or odds we play the Rams on Thursday night football to
1: kick off the football year. I mean, the bills are what's hot (laughs) The TV ratings show it. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, I think, well, I don't think week one, I was going to say like Amazon prime has all the Thursday night games, but I don't think week one, I still think that goes to NBC, but um, I, I wouldn't be shocked. Like they typically don't, do that like back to back primetime weeks. And that's that's, that's typic- my like, reason why. Yeah, they, they, they don't be. typically do like primetime week one, also plays Thanksgiving, but they did that last year with Dallas. Um, so maybe they're just you know moving to, towards that. I don't know, but um, it'll be interesting. I mean, like I said, the bills are hot. Josh Allen is yeah. you know made his mark uh, on the league and now he's this pseudo celebrity, yeah. if you will. And I mean, the. The heat, the bills are hot, so I wouldn't be surprised if they get like six primetime games this year. I wouldn't be surprised if they get like seventeen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, those are one obviously one of the <laughs> one of the best teams in the league, and obviously vying for a Super Bowl. Do I really want to play Thursday night first year? I kind of I kind of like um this like a Sunday game against the Dolphins in Buffalo. Like I
1: don't yeah right like I don't really one.
0: mind that. I like primetime games. I enjoy them, but I also don't hate the one o'clock kickoffs. Let us do our thing and just. Go below the radar. We're past that, though. That's like two years
1: ago. Um, but I didn't hate I that. Like, so I think like 2019, 2020. Like we played the Jets both opening weekends. Yeah. And, and like just, I was yeah. totally fine with that. Oh yeah,
0: start the year with the Jets or end the year with the Jets. Look, a Patriots first week one game is not crazy. When's the last time we played a Patriots week one game? Hmm. I have no idea. I can't. I can't recall one. Keep those for December. I don't know. That's why. what I'm saying. So it could be. Um, could be something, yeah. NFL release legit and false schedules to create a buzz for the schedule release. I don't know. I'm gonna take your take the word for it. who knows. I, NFL does some crazy stuff to get off. Uh, they always NFL. The funny thing is they have an announcement for the announcement and then they announce the <laughs> thing they're actually announcing. Like the NFL loves because NFL knows how NFL knows their king, so they know what they can do. Like, like they announce, oh, we're announcing the schedule in two weeks, and then like, and then you're that, then you're announcing something else. Like, it's just a cycle of them just producing content. And we're all just sitting here, like, just like, oh, what do we got? What do we got? And then it just, like,
1: we'll always watch. We'll always be there. So It's literally just, like, they take March Madness off. (laughs) And then it just, like, ramps right up. Like, Super Bowl ends. March Madness kind of starts in college basketball. And then the NFL just ramps right back up with draft and rookie minicamps and schedule releases and OTAs. And, like, it just never stopped. They, They print money. It's insane. It's a monster.
0: Um, Brian, we are we we're playing the lines for warm up in the morning, then playing Ravens evening. We are that good. Thanksgiving name would be changed. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's I. I like the I like the energy. Brian's always always bringing bringing the energy of <laughs> breaking tables, and I want the Rams to get rid of the travel where it will have the least effect or only West Coast game. I'm assuming he means us with our travel. I think that's yeah. what he's referring to. Um,
1: do we have any other West Coast games? I don't know who do we play this year. We played the NFC South last year.
0: Where Google comes in and in, comes into play. So no, I'm pretty sure.
1: I'm pretty sure we have the NFC West this year.
0: Bill's schedule. Not this is what happens. You don't know, have the Bill's schedule pulled up. Um, <laughs> let's keep Buffalo Thanks chat. Divisional playoffs.
1: Oh, he says we're North. I appreciate the help. Oh, we're North. I- okay. I'm just, I wouldn't game. mind that. I um, mean,
0: oh, I want 2022 opponents. That's what I, I think. Looking. That's
1: right. Because I did hear a lot of Bills, Packers,
0: yeah, uh, Packers, the Vikings, the home games this year, Packers, Titans, Vikings, Steelers, Browns, and then obviously the Jets, Patriots, and Dolphins. Um, and then away, Dolphins, Chiefs, Ravens, Bengals, Rams, Bears, and then Lions, and then obviously Jets. So I guess
1: Rams are the only West Coast,
0: yeah, yeah, because we're not, yeah, because we're. KC's not West Chicago Detroit yeah okay I don't hate the I don't hate not having to travel the whole
1: year I also don't like the Thursday then play Monday night that's like a ten day rest between games <laughs> that's right what off of the
0: bat I know we're getting off a tangent but hey you know what that's the point of the live show keep everybody engaged and engage the comments but that's also could be like I don't think NFL wants to do that I could be totally wrong I just don't think they want to give us a ten day to start
1: the year it's just just hand a team yeah. 10 Play one game. I'd I'd rather have a 10 day rest like after week 10.
0: Tony, the Buffalo Bills are going second by to the go to the Super Bowl this year. Tony, we why not? We 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 support your we support you, Tony. We we agree. We think the Bills are (laughs) we hope the Bills are going to we agree. We hope okay. We're moving on to our next topic. We kind of got off a little there, guys. Von Miller and the defensive ends for the Buffalo Bills. That is, that's exciting because the Bills finally bringing in a legit defensive end or a guy that's meant to be a legit defensive end in Von Miller. So give me your thoughts on the, we can break down the defensive end unit. And it's really just a Von Miller add addition and the Shaq Lawson. So give me your thoughts on the the DNs going
1: into this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was a weaker aspect of the defensive line i'd say in terms of just pure sack numbers um again i think the pressure rates were good but i think when you're looking at the secondary who is going to start a rookie who i think is fully capable of stepping right in and performing very well and also who knows with trey white his schedule i'm guessing it looks like week ten-ish, eight to ten. Oh, you're going is, that far. What do you think that far? What he's on track with I th- I think so. I really? mean if if I th- the ACL I is think- a year long injury. He seems to be ahead of schedule according that's to that's what I was
0: thinking. Football. I was thinking week four to six. That's what my
1: I'm hoping it. I'm hoping you're right. Um, I probably mean actually
0: we don't want to rush him obviously because he, he's supposed to be here. he's supposed to be here for a long right. time but
1: yeah, Trey White coming so, in. Helpful. So let's just say for the first month and a half, you're looking yeah. at Elam, who's a rookie, and Dane Jackson, who performed pretty well in in spot duty when Trey went down last year. Um, but you know, I he hasn't started many games in the NFL either. He's a seventh round pick, so I mean, he's performed well above his, his draft position, and I think he's very good depth. And but the edge rusher is going to be uber important to to kind of relieve the pressure from that secondary i think it's about getting to the the quarterback quicker i think it's about finishing and i think again another things to do checklist item brandon bean had was finishing plays finishing plays on the defensive especially from defensive edges um so i think the sack numbers are gonna go off. i mean just look at von miller i mean yes his sack numbers have kind of faltered yeah over the past three or so years, you know, he was consistently in the double digits, you know, 12, 13, 14. Um, but, you know, past couple of years, he's like five, six, seven in there. But I think not only is he going to be great on the field and great, I'm saying like eight to 10 sacks, I, I don't think he's going to be in the 14 to 18 no, range, no. which he was in earlier. I don't think he's going to get the. Rap. Yeah. And I agree. And with the rotation, I just don't think uh, think it's it's going to be tough to get there.
0: A little, maybe. Yeah.
1: Energy for the playoffs is absolutely important. But what are all the stories coming out of, like, when he was traded from the Broncos to the Rams? It was about how he, like, taught Aaron Donald to get to a next level. Like, to really. We saw that in the Super Bowl. um, Yeah. Unleash his game game in Yeah, absolutely. So that's an aspect I'm super excited about. I I equate it to when we first got Stefan Diggs and how, yeah, Diggs is an awesome player on the field and he's going to produce and he's going to be great. But he's also going to have this trickle down effect throughout the wide receiver room of like, okay, if Diggs is your number one now, that just makes at the time John Brown go against number twos and John Brown was really go, good going at number ones the pre- previous year. But I think Bob Miller is going to have that same trickle down effect of just like he's going to be exactly. a super effective on the field, maybe not 14 sacks effective, but he's going to be a presence every time. And the thing like last year, I, again, going back to the Super Bowl, the Rams, if you listen to like McVay mic'd up, he's, he's looking for guys to make a play. Like he's, he's on the sideline saying, okay, Donald's going to make a play in this clutch moment in the game. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking at one guy to make a play and that's Aaron Donald. And I think now we have that, which we didn't have last year. We didn't, I don't know who McDermott could have went to last year. If, if we were in the same position and said, I need someone to make a play now to clinch this game. And especially on the defensive line, I'm like, there was nobody. It, it's not, it, it was, was going to be Oliver. probably at Oliver. Oliver. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was, it was, it was Al- Oliver is the most likely to do it. Um, You know? So now we have that guy. Now we have Von Miller who, you know, is going to make those clutch plays when the moment counts, when we don't have to rely on, you know, 13 seconds and, you know, prevent defense and whatever. So um not to bring up those terrible times again, but now we we're have up, that. Guy. Now up, we have you. the guy McDermott.
0: Yeah. So. <laughs> um, no, I agree. But I you know, know.
1: I, I love the signing. I think it's going to be great. I think he's going to be a great, you know, teacher for Rousseau and Basham. I, I think this is a, this is a home run. I completely agree. Look, Von Miller coming in to be that number one,
0: D.N., and then you have, I think, Gregory Rousseau coming in to be the number two DN. So I think those are your two starting DNs um, yep. when you need it or week one or whatever. The interesting thing, Matt, and I think we can probably both allude to this, who is that third edge rusher? Is it Boogie Basham? Is it AJ Penenza? Is it Shaq Lawson? My guess, and if I had to bet, would be Boogie Basham. That who's That's probably who I think it would be. Um, is there a right answer? I don't think there's a right answer at all. I really don't. Right. I don't know. Look, I think Rousseau, we saw flashes. We saw somewhat good production, but he was asked to do a lot as a rookie. And I think, like you said, Matt, Von Miller coming in will open up a lot of opportunity for Rousseau because obviously when team's game plan on the O-line, they're not going to be focused on Rousseau. The number one focus is going to be Von Miller and then Ed Oliver. And then Rousseau right. and the company will be, get, get more, way more opportunity. So I think Rousseau slides in. I think Rousseau has a very productive year this year. Like I think it's a very, very good year. Who was that third edge rusher? Amendola, big, big year for AJ Amendola. He was. You saw flashes last year. We saw like the PFF stats, all the stats about pressures, but we didn't see the sacks. Like the pressures are great, and I'm not disputing pressures because they're important. But we need to see consistent sack numbers or consistent play out of AJ, AJ Amendola. And we also saw the Boogie Basham situation where he was inactive a lot. I don't know the exact mm-hmm. number, but that's also because you had Jerry Hughes and Murray Addison, who are both on the Texans and not in here. So he's not going to be an active week one, unless he's injured. He's not going to be active. No. So, like, do we carry five edge rushers on the first game on game day? Is that what we think we do? And then Shaq Lawson's that fifth one. So I think obviously Mike Love. The, uh, I'm looking at my, the roster right now. Mike Love is probably the odd man out. Um, Shaq Lawson is an interesting. You, you like my you we're like big Mike, Mike loves guys, yeah. Oh, yeah, we're really? big Mike
1: loves guys on our yeah.
0: podcast. <laughs> oh, and prior practice squad guy, um, preseason
1: favorite. He's the uh, he's the Christian Wade of the defense, yeah.
0: He is the <laughs> for us. he is the Christian weight. We don't need to go down that rabbit hole. Um, we'll no, definitely have never. somebody in the
1: comment section one
0: day if we start breaking down Christian oh. Wade and how he should be the RB1. Um, I know, who, cool I know, we comment on, on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Shaq Lawson is very interesting because he we know Shaq Lawson. Rex right. Ryan, well, as Bills fans, know Shaq Lawson. Um, I was McDermott and B. No one, but they didn't draft him. And obviously, they cut ties because he didn't. They didn't sign with that contract. Uh, with the Dolphins, and obviously that, obviously, that didn't really work out. So we're bringing him back on a cheap contract. He's our fifth edge rusher, in my opinion. But like we talked about this off air, Matt, he has a lot to play for. Again, like Empedenta does. Basham and Russo less because. They're still on the contract for a couple more years. Obviously, you want to have a good right. second year in the NFL, but there's a little less pressure. Eponetta, third year, and there's a lot of rumors going into the draft. The Bills wanted to move up. Could he be the guy that they packaged? I think that was full of crap, but I think it was all just rumors. But his name was tossed around a lot. Big year for A.J. Eponetta, big year for Shaq Lawson because he's only on a one-year contract. He once obviously one step stability, once money, right. one you know, you know, increases value. He's gonna have to have a very good year. Um, I think who who would your guess be for? Uh, do you agree with Von Miller than Rousseau as the first two edge rushers?
1: Absolutely, who yeah. Would I would think your third edge rusher be if, like the season. Yeah, I, I think Rousseau had a pretty good year last year, considering he didn't play the previous year, um, taking the year off because of the pandemic Um, and then to come into an NFL game and the NFL speed and, you know, up in strength and what, you know, everything that involves jumping from the college level to the NFL. Like I thought he took well to it. I think like the one thing that surprised me most about Greg Rousseau is his smarts. And I think that's where Shaq Lawson comes in is, is mentioned Von Miller is going to be a great teacher. And I think he will be throughout the, throughout the line, but Shaq Lawson, what's the one thing he excelled at when he was with the bills first run. The run game, setting the yeah, edge, yeah, and I think Gregory Rousseau was actually very good at that. I was I was surprised that I think that was the one thing that surprised me the most about him. Um, now it's now it's with Rousseau, it's upping his pass moves, like getting the the Von Miller stuff down, like spin move, you know, using the hand technique and all that stuff. So, um, but in terms of like a third defensive end, I think it, it's tough. Like I I feel bad for AJ Penasa because I think he came in. And they asked him to lose and shed a ton of weight Mm -hmm. and it really changed the way he played. Like in college, he was more of a power rusher, right? Like bull rush using his hands and they asked him to cut 20 pounds and become more of like a speed bendy guy, which wasn't, which,
0: which wasn't him,
1: which wasn't him. So he needed like that year to not only get his body to where they needed to be from a physical standpoint, but he also needed to like learn, how to be that type of player. So you guys see he's already I feel like he's already one year like behind the curve, if yeah. you will. So this is a huge year for him. Like this is a make or break year for him because now and it's what you mentioned, like you mentioned one word that I think resonates really well with AJ Panessa here is consistency. And he's gonna need to be a consistent presence. If you look at the Miami game, the first Miami game last year. The man was a monster. Like, yeah, he was the, the game Tua got knocked out. He knocked Tua. Yeah. Uh, he was awesome. Like, that's the AJ Epinesa I need to see every single week. And I, ho- I hope you we know, do. He's, he's got a lot to live up to. His, his dad's name is Epinesa Epinesa. So, I mean, right there, he's already probably living in his father's shadow <laughs> to yeah. a degree. Because yeah. if you have two double names like that, I mean, That's awesome. So, you know, but uh, AJ Epinesa is a huge year for him. I think, and he's going to get every shot. I think Basham and Lawson are going to be active game day because they offer in certain packages the ability to bump inside. And so does Epinesa to a degree. Like, that's the thing with this defensive line. I think other than Daquan Jones and Von Miller, like they all can bump inside and be versatile in in terms of where they're rushing from or where they can be moved around a lot.
0: They can move. move yeah. Move. And I yeah. think
1: like, that's a huge factor in terms of not only the rotation in terms of keeping them fresh, but also giving the offensive line, opposing offensive lines, different looks. So um if, if like, if you were to gun to my head, like third defensive end, I would go Epinesa because I think he's got a lot to prove. I think he knows mm-hmm. he has a lot to prove. It kind of reminds me of like Devin Singletary pre last year. Yeah. When there was all that report. Like Tyler Dunn came out with that story about Devin Singletary, about how he like, he didn't he wasn't happy with his performance the prior year and he did all this work in the off season and he really felt like you know if he didn't put this work in that his career might you know be over if you will he might be cut or you know yeah. something like I'm hoping AJ Apinesa has that kind of same like mentality this year of like he kind of has. Yeah, to I, I I flashed but you know I need to be consistent and I need to, to change something in the off season and I need to to produce, so if he wants to be uh, part of
0: the future, he kind of he really doesn't have a. We don't have a choice at this point because it's his third year, put up um, or shut up time, yeah, yeah. Like you got to show up because there's other guys on the roster that are younger, obviously with Rousseau and Basham, and then you have Von Miller and Shaq Lawson. So you could lose legit playing time really quickly on this defensive line. So that and Mike be- Love, and Mike Love, and Mike Love. <laughs> What's up, Hayes? How we doing, man? How we doing? um I think we killed Mike Love's career. He just never had a real chance to crack our roster. Where I think he'll be able to crack other rosters.
1: Agree. You think? So? I don't think we killed his career. I just think like no, I, I, I just know. think
0: we did. We ever give him a chance? Probably, but did we? Right. Like it's not like we didn't give him a chance. Like he could have proved himself a little better. But it's he's just, been on
1: the practice squad for like four years, yeah, <laughs> and just, they, they see something in him to keep. Around. It's just
0: it was just a rotation of well, you had Addison, you had Hughes. Before you like Shaq Lawson and then you draft in a couple young guys and you bring in Von Miller. It's just yeah. uh guys that are better, that's probably the word.
1: Yeah, better.
0: There's nothing that's, we can do that's about fair. it. fair. Yeah, Groot was one of the best run defenders for DN end in the entire NFL. He's talking about obviously Gregory Rousseau. Um, he was very good. I wouldn't say entire in burner
1: account, by the way.
0: <laughs> Is it? No, I'm just
1: no, imagine we agree on a lot. So,
0: <laughs> um and then Groot has the most tackle for losses for runs out of any DN last year, not just for rookies. Is that true? I have no idea. I don't think that's true. I think it was for rookies. And I know that.
1: He had enough snaps.
0: Yeah, I think it was definitely for rookies. Um, Don't know if it was for the whole NFL. And then Hayes chiming in. What are we going to do with Zach Moss? Quickly, I say, I think Zach Moss could be the odd man out on the running back room. Look, obviously, Singletary Cooker walks. Me and Izzy talked about that last week on the Buffalo Blitz last Wednesday. And I think... It's a Duke Johnson, Zach Moss. They both offer different things. So,
1: right, I think that's Zach Moss's saving grace is nobody in that running back room offers like a power aspect to their yeah. game. So, if like you're looking for a goal line back, you want to take some of the stuff off Josh, even though I don't like that idea. But you know, you want to, you want to keep Josh around, obviously, for the long term. And um, you know, Zach Moss is the only guy in that running back room currently that really is a power option. So, I think that might be his his saving grace on the roster here. We're going to move on to the next
0: topic, and we broke down obviously the DNs. We're going to be talking about the running back room. The running back room is very not the running back. Wow, I I read a comment and just went to a different thing. Okay, so I was we're gonna going to say, re- are we
1: moving Tremaine to running back? As I yeah, love Yes, so we're going to, have
0: to re- we're going to restart the show right now. Uh, we're going to restart the show, Matt. We're going to give me like ten minutes to like get my head out of you know what. Um, I was when you're uh, doing a show, and obviously, we're talking about Tremaine Emmons and we're talking about the linebacker unit. When you're doing a live show for like the second time ever, there's so many things going on, so many things that I'm clicking, so I'm clicking you're different things. Guys. We were talking about Zach Moss, my bad. Linebacker <laughs> unit is very, very interesting. You have Tremaine Emmons, Matt Milano for this year. That is it. That is, we're not moving for this year. That is it. The Tremaine Emmons contract extension is very interesting, and we didn't draft a run, uh. We didn't draft a middle linebacker to replace directly replace that Main Emmons, Terrell Bernard, who I did a piece on two days ago for Built in Buffalo News. Oh yeah, guys, check out builtinbuffalonews.com. Great articles by four or five a week Absolutely. of and they're great content. Built in Buffalo kind of got the theme of it. Built in Buffalo's great. Um, Terrell oh, Bernard, man, bug. yeah, is <laughs> is a kind of a clone of Matt Milano. Like he's a very similar tangibles in his measurables, how he plays. He's not a direct replacement. So if I go on Twitter and see someone comment, Bernard is a replacement for Tremaine Edmonds, I'm gonna lose my you know what because he's not. That's just not what he is. Then you're just asking some guy to do what he doesn't do when that's just be the probably the worst thing you could ever do. Uh so we don't have a middle linebacker replacement on this team. Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano. Those are two linebackers and then Bernard and Tyrell Dodson are the guys probably for that third linebacker spot, and then you obviously Andre Smith, Bale Inspector, Tyler uh Makovich. Those are special teams guys at that point. Obviously, did Bale Inspector was taken in this taken in the seventh round, but seventh round picks, you don't know where you're gonna get with them. Matt, what are your thoughts? And like how, what are, what are your expectations for this linebacking unit this
1: year? Don't forget Joe Giles Harris, big sleeves guy, gotta appreciate that.
0: And <laughs> hey man, he's down there, but the line, lineback- he's, right he's down that roster board.
1: Oh, he's down there. Yeah. No, he, he's down there. He far um, down there. He wears those puffy sleeves. I, I always get a, get a kick out of that. Um, but in terms of linebackers, you know, you're absolutely right. Like Terrell Bernard is not a direct replacement for Tremaine Edmonds. And uh, you know, the Tremaine Edmonds lovers could breathe a sigh of relief after that pick because, you know, he's a different type of player. Now it's weird to me because Bernard in learning about him and reading about him and watching him after he was drafted, it seems like he plays bigger than he is. There was a guy who used to be on the bills called probably before like your time, but Keith Ellison, who was like a string bean. And like when we first, yeah, he was like 180 pounds, middle linebacker. Um, But Bernard kind of like reminded me of that initially. And I'm like, ah, crap, here we go. Keith Ellison 2.0, but watching him and learning about him and reading about him, like, he plays bigger than he is, which is like the opposite of Tremaine Edmonds, which who I feel like plays smaller than he is. Like Tremaine is yeah. a big dude, like two fifty, like your prototypical big... size middle linebacker. But things that Tremaine I feel has always struggled with throughout his career in terms of gap assignments and you know picking the what whatever the right running lane is and shedding blocks and using his athleticism effectively, like. He struggles in all his departments. Where I feel like Bernard should struggle in all his departments, and everything I see is like he's actually really good at getting off blocks, and he he's actually really good at you know shooting the gap and doing the things that Tremaine I feel like struggles with. So while not a direct replacement for Bern, or, uh, for Edmonds, I think Bernard can have kind of that you know he's going to be a special teamer to start off. But I think through the years as he develops and you know puts on a few pounds and really gets in the system, like he has a skill set that you know I think translates really well and that's a speed skill set and that's why you probably compare him to Milano because I feel like they they are cut from the same mold and he yeah through his you know initial interviews compared himself to Milano so um you know I, I just starting at the top like I'm not a Tremaine Edmonds fan like he's good he's good he's solid he's good is he a player that so far deserves to be paid like a top linebacker in the league absolutely not to me like if you look like at guys like Darius Leonard, Roquan Smith, like all these guys who, you know, I feel like are so impactful. And every time we talk about Tremaine, I mean, what's the comparison we want? We want to make, we want to make is Luke Kuechly. Like Luke Kuechly, because he's a former Panther and Dermot yeah. and are oh. from Carolina. Like he's not Luke Kuechly. Like Luke Kuechly Ke- Luke was all over the field and making plays. And, you know, I just look at Tremaine is like eh, that, la- that playoff game last year against KC, if I'm, in the final 13 seconds of that game, like I want my best players out there, the players that are going to make a play. And throughout those two final plays before the field goal to tie the game was kicked, all that was running through my mind is like, what is Tremaine Edmonds doing out there? Because he's 30 yards back, like he's London Fletcher back in the day. Like he's not that, fast that's not, enough.
0: to. That's not, his, that's not his position. Like that's not what he's paid to do. So why is he? But uh,
1: exactly. So why is why he even out conversation there? Yeah, but I want like the the players that are going to make a play. And that goes to my bigger point of like throughout Tremaine Edmonds career as a bill. Has he ever like made a game changing game clinching play? Like they're few and far between for a guy they traded up for Mm -hmm. in the first round to get and really made the leader of the defense after Lorenzo retired. Like you expect that guy to be the playmaker, be the impact, be the game changer on uh, on the defensive unit and i just don't see it like and maybe it's injuries maybe it's mental maybe this is the year it finally all clicks for him and i hope so because that means it's good for the bills in the end but um i love milano like i love milano and i actually like the depth i like the The depth depth is very good dodson i really like i thought he every time he had to come in for Edmonds or milano i thought he's played pretty well Mm -hmm. um I like Andre Smith, the preseason All Star, who good is going to get his chance. Good special teamer is going to get his chance, I think, this year with Klein leaving. Yeah. Um, and you know, Madicavich, will good, be interesting. I, I, I don't know if could they'll be keep tough. him. He could Great be special teamer. Salary cap telling me he's going to be cut. That's yeah. Especially but, with Bernard and Specter being, you know, much if, cheaper options. If what, if
0: Specter so. can flash that he can play special teams, then yeah, I mean, he's could be. That's probably asking a lot as a seventh-round pick, but you never know with these guys.
1: No, so, I mean, Dane Jackson was a seventh-round pick. Yeah, we got Walsh. he made on, the roster. We got Walsh undrafted. Yeah,
0: so you, there's all, and I trust uh, the defense I trust. But with the Tremaine Emmons thing, I agree. I think Tremaine Emmons hasn't probably lived up to his billing, and I think that's a fair right. statement. Um, I also do think that having, like, D-tackles that are going to be able to stop the run are going to help Tremaine Emmons and Matt Milano. Like there's these running backs are just not gonna be running through the gaps, so. just, just like not touched. And then Tremaine Edmonds is just there. He's like, Oh shit. Like, what do I like? Like it's just guys coming in like without being touched full speed. So I think Tremaine Edmonds is gonna be um I think this is a big year for Tremaine Edmonds. Like it's like AJ Finetta. obviously Tremaine Edmonds has been much more production productive. Then Adrian Panetta, obviously. Uh, Matt Perino, um tweeted that he his bold prediction: Tremaine Edmonds all pro. I, I'll sign me up for that one. I like I like the sound of that. He so that he's a big old <laughs> uh,
1: big.
0: I'm a big Tremaine Edmonds believer. I love, I'm a Virginia Tech football fan, so I love I love Tremaine Edmonds. Um, he's my guy. Yeah, I want to see more out of him this year. I think we will. I really do think we will. I, I think so. I think it's, it's there. Taking, like he has the all He has the it's ability, ability think, to do it. Which is a good thing. We, like, if it wasn't there, we'd kind of be like, oh, well, we're kind of screwed. But it's there. Here for
1: him. Yes. Yeah. And I
0: think I think with Von Miller being left, getting after the quarterback, I think that's going to be like a good trickle-down effect for Molano and Edmonds. I think both of them are going to have very yeah. good years. And Truman Edmonds is fighting for a contract. And I think Bean and McDermott are being not taking linebacker or a middle linebacker in the first, second, or third round. A guy that could be directly replacement replacing Tremaine Edmonds could give him a you know what? Okay, they trust me. It could just be for this year, but if he have a great yeah. year he'll, he'll get paid. Might not be with us, but he'll get paid. If he's an all pro, he'll get paid by someone. So it doesn't really matter. They're giving um, they're
1: giving him every opportunity yeah. to succeed. So you
0: know what, dude? We believe in you. I believe I believe in him more than a little than you. I don't you didn't bash <laughs> him obviously but you didn't no. like you think I think he's good. He's not Darius Leonard. There's a difference. He's not a bad like people say he's bad. I don't think he's bad, and that's like a fun conversation people have on Twitter, mainly with Bills fans. Look, they're they're giving him every chance to be great this year. I think we see a better Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think we see an All Pro. Look, if he comes all if he comes an All Pro, Matt and I will come back on here and we'll say oh yeah we're wrong, and I hope I'm wrong. I always hope when people I'm like oh. you know what I don't think AJ Edmonds is going to wrong about you know. Josh Allen
1: hope. turned out great. <laughs> yeah,
0: look, I trust Bean, I trust McDermott, I trust Frazier. I think. They kind of unlock Tremaine Edmonds. I think he has a much better year, and then we can debate. Do we give him a contract extension. I think that's a different conversation. We don't get need to get into that. But I agree. The biggest thing we take away from post free agency and post draft of the linebacker unit, the depth has been increased, and you can't hate depth
1: depth on this team. You cannot. I think to tie it all together, like you made a good point of like the defensive line and really helping out Edmonds because when we've when Ed, when I feel like Edmonds has been at his best is when. It just kind of naturally flows like the game just flows. He doesn't have to think about too much when we see him thinking about coverages and, you know, zone schemes and like where to shoot the gap and like, it just seems to like mess him up a lot. So having an upgrade in front of him, you know, guys that can now rush the passer and guys that can, you know, take up two blockers and Daquan Jones and guys like that. I think it's just, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully it's just going to come more natural to Tremaine. I think that's where we see him at his best.
0: I agree. Did you say Izzy? Of course, we said Izzy. Izzy Red Zone Report on Sundays. He was on the Buffalo Blitz last week, so every Sunday for Izzy Red Zone Report on Built in Buffalo. Uh, I Network. count Izzy's
1: in my sleep. We always say Izzy. <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. Yeah, hey, he's a, hey, man, we always try to reply. We always try to interact with the comments. You guys watch us, so we we, we appreciate you guys clicking on and watching on. Uh, um, yeah, Bernard is a depth piece we didn't have it in the prior years. I agree. I think we had it with a like Klein and Dodson, but this is a younger version that I think has way more upside than both Dodson and Klein did. So I, I completely agree that we have um improved our depth, like we both both agreed. James Cook gonna be a star. I love James Cook. We talked about it last week. We don't have to get into that. This is something interesting. Uh, Milano's injury prone, and we had to make it do if he we went out, where Bernard can fill in. Yes, he is injury-prone, and I think that's a little scary, and I think that's why they drafted Bernard. I think that's one of the reasons they did. You needed a third linebacker with the loss of Klein, the injuries to Matt Milano, and now you have, if Matt Milano, God forbid, knock on wood, I'm going on wood, goes down with an injury, <laughs> you could have Dotson or Bernard to fill in. So you have kind of good options there. So I think that is something. That I mean, we for all like the Matt in
1: Milano injury-prone talk is like, you look at his last four years as a bill i'm not counting his rookie year yeah but i mean he's started in at least 13 games except for 2020 when he was out yeah for, I, yeah you know, i'm not saying i agree with the him, comment but,
0: i'm just going with like a
1: yeah like, i'm just yeah. saying like that that's like always a a stereotypical thing and yeah and twitter talk is like matt milano's injury prone it's like yeah i mean one year he was and that, yeah that's kind of typical for NFL players i think like everyone gets injured it's it's a gladiatorial sport uh um, but i feel like yeah. he's pretty he's pretty durable
0: josh allen mvp we can only hope i prefer a super bowl mvp over regular season mvp i think most people can agree on that one so um izzy with the super chat appreciate the super chat two dollars appreciate tight ends uh issue is between the ears I think he means Tremaine Edmonds. I'm assuming, um, so yeah. Tremaine Edmonds, because that'd be weird if he was talking about tight ends and didn't give us a player between the ears. Like you said, Matt. Yeah, he just, sometimes he doesn't react right away and doesn't just read the play. Right. So I think that is probably an issue. But hey, we appreciate appreciate the super chat. Super chats always get uh. Top priorities. I don't know
1: what Izzy's beef is with the tight end room, but come on. Yeah, Izzy, what's wrong with the tight end <laughs> room, bud?
0: Nah, Jermaine Edmonds is between the years, probably. Yes, so we're going to keep moving on because we're pushing our time here because we're having a great conversation, and we get off tangents. Why not? Talk about the cornerback unit for the Buffalo Bills. You have, obviously, Trey White. When he comes back, we already talked about We don't have to get into that. We'll talk about what is next after Trey White because we know how good Trey White can be when he's fully healthy. Kairi Wan, Taron Johnson, Dane Jackson, Siren Neal. Taron Johnson slotted nickel corner. He's the inside corner, nickel corner. He's not going anywhere. That is position. The second corner is very interesting. Ka'ir Elam and Taron, uh, not Taron Johnson, Kyrie, Elon and Dane Jackson, excuse me, are fighting for obviously one straight comes back that second corner, but right away, they're both going to play unless we bring in another veteran guy, which I don't think is out of the, out of like the world. I right here. bringing another veteran guy. If you want to wait for yeah. the price to drop, like Kyle Fuller on the market, Joe Hayden's still on the market. You could wait for that price to drop. There's no rush at this point. Um, Quickly, Matt, break down. What what are your your expectations for this cornerback unit? Minus, obviously, uh, Trey White, because we know what we expect out of Trey White.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the cornerback unit's pretty sound. I mean, you've got... Guys who have established themselves in Trey White and I feel like Dean Jackson, like I said earlier, spot duty last year was, was pretty solid. Like he came in and they didn't seem to miss a beat as, yeah. as he moved into CB2 and Levi had moved on to CB1. So I mean, I'm I'm super happy. And then you get depth pieces, which I think are are really good, like Cam Lewis. Uh you mentioned Saran Neal. And by the way, I feel really bad for Saran Neal because he signed that contract with the Bills and all the talk was like, Yeah, McDermott said I'm gonna play more snaps at cornerback and then they go and draft Elam. <laughs> sorry, and sorry, he got, Saran. Not, he, got paid. he got paid. He
0: got paid. He did, so he yeah. Good we'll for him. We'll, and I,
1: well, he's he's like our be- I think he's our best special teams player. So he's, I'm not and a he's sad a cool he's name. back. And he has a he really a cool name. name. I always yeah. thought
0: it was Siren. I think we should change it to Siren just to make it a – that would
1: be cool. St- but, yeah. <laughs> Sorry to cut you um, off. No, no. It's your show, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cut me off as, many, as much as you want. Um, But then I, I look at, like, young guys from last year who were – who showed out in the preseason a little. You got Nick McLeod uh, out of Notre Dame, and you have Elijah Griffin out of USC who I think, you know, Get them in, the, lot in, of in the system a year in the practice squad. Good, good young depth too. Yes, like,
0: Cam and, Lewis, you know, McLeod, Griffin. Those are the three guys that are practice squad fringe roster guys.
1: Yeah, and Cam Lewis. I mean, uh, he's he could sub in for Taron Johnson too. Even though I think that's like Neil yeah. as a primary backup there in the slot. But um, I, I'm okay with the cornerback position. And if the sooner Trey gets back, the better. Obviously, yes. I don't want to rush him coming off an ACL, but. Um, even if he if it takes eight weeks, like I, I'm okay with Jackson and Elam. I, like I said, I think Elam has the skill set. I think he I has think he's the, the smarts and the ability to just step right in and start right away. I don't think they're going to miss a beat with Elam coming in right away. I don't think there's going to be any rookie learning curve. Well, there will be because there always is, but yeah, I, I think it's going to be less than than what others may present. So and I trust. I, Mc Mc I'm happy with Mc the Dermot. cornerback room, and I trust McDermott. He's developed Dane Jackson. like you said, in,
0: seven. In we trust Levi yeah. Wallace, undrafted developed. Levi Walsh has got a second freaking contract as an undrafted yeah. free agent. That doesn't happen that much. Dane Jackson is right now going to be the number two corner, I predict, with Trey White out. And then the number three corner, which still getting a ton of snaps. Once Trey White comes back, you have Trey White and then Elam and Dane Jackson as your second and third corners. I agree, Matt. I am totally fine, fine. with that. Not going to worry. Trey White comes back okay. Taron Johnson slide in nickel corner. Obviously, he's not playing outside. He's a very good nickel corner, and then the depth, Siren Neal, Cam Willis, Nick McLeod, Elijah Griffin, and they took Christian Benford in the sixth round from Villanova. So it's going to be tough making the roster as a corner. It's going to be a outside. project. Uh, yes, yes, and I agree, and I, you know what? I trust Bean and McDermott to develop this guy practice squad maybe his first year. Who knows? Obviously a six-round Bigger pick guy mode. too. Villanova, yes, and he can play some special teams, which I agree. If making this roster, especially on the defense, if you can play special teams, it'll give you a leg up to make the roster. Yeah, Just,
1: he yeah. might be on the Aaron Williams track of like starts as a cornerback, but maybe the game's too fast yes. for him, and convert. Yeah. He has the size to convert to safety, so exactly. It'll be interesting yeah. to see how he develops because I like his ball hawking abilities. Um, so he's he's an interesting project. Going back to another super chat from Izzy. Appreciate the super chat. Izzy's feeling generous tonight. Um,
0: started amazing. sixteen games last year. Um, I'm assuming he's talking about Matt Milano.
1: Yeah, he I'm, is. Yeah. I'm assuming Milano that's what he was talking about. I'm, I'm, yeah, so yeah.
0: I think he was agreeing with you. That's what I'm gonna yeah. going for. I don't <laughs> think Izzy's disagreeing with you, but yeah, appreciate appreciate the super chat, Izzy. I know we're, we're, we're pushing 9 o'clock, but hey, we can go a couple minutes over. We're going to end with the safety unit. We have Jordan Porter. We have my God. We don't need to get into the Jordan Poirier contract extension because that just gets... <laughs> Crazy because we don't have the time for that, obviously. So Jordan Porter, my nice guy, best safety duo in the league, best safety duo in the league, in my opinion. After that, it's interesting. You have DeMar Hamlin, Josh Thomas, Josh Thomas, and Jaquan Johnson. They like, they really like DeMar Hamlin. And I think they like Josh too. Thomas too. That third safety is going to be very interesting. And I, 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 I quickly, what are the expectations for the safety unit? Cause I expect big things again this year. I don't expect anything less than what we had last year. and, do we see a little more DeMar Hamlin, maybe, or do we see more in special teams? You
1: know, the interesting thing, Pete, is those three guys you mentioned who are the main backups, all back up Jordan Poyer. Like they're all the same type of style as Jordan Poyer. They're yeah. not a center fielder like Micah Hyde. They're in the box, thumping kind of kind of players. So I think like in a weird way, like Bean was kind of preparing for maybe Jordan Poyer's departure. I hope not, because I really want him resigned and he's amazing yeah. and of course we all know that but it, it's weird because they don't really have any backups for Micah Hyde currently on the roster like Josh Thomas, Quan Johnson, Demar Hamlin like you watch those guys during the preseason I like all of them like I think they all have some ability Josh Thomas undrafted we talk about undrafted guys making an impact like Appalachian State I think he went to undrafted like he could yeah. come in and, and be a be a player I I really liked him in the preseason last year but they're all like in the box making plays, kind of all they're not center fielders like Micah Hyde is. So um I, I like the depth. Um again, I don't think there's a backup for Micah Hyde. They, even early on, like they brought in like Kirk Coleman, like he was a backup for Micah Hyde. And yeah, they since then they just really haven't. They just trust Hyde and he's extremely durable, Iron Man, and he's leader of the defense. But there seem to be stacking up on backups for Jordan Boyer <laughs> and hoping one of them hits. So yeah, um, exactly. I I'm really happy with obviously this whole like defensive roster construction this off season. And you know, the safeties you mentioned two two of the best in the league and um, the Jordan Porter contracts, neither here nor there for this discussion, but um, it'll, it'll be, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting if Poyer sticks around and plays the season without a contract, how that develops and how that plays out. And then if he doesn't get a contract and the writing's kind of on the wall throughout the season, do they implement or do they start to integrate DeMar Hamlin and Jaquan Johnson a little more into regular defensive snaps? So um, I like all those players. I thought they in spot duty last year played really well. Like Jaquan yeah. Johnson was, I thought, great in like the Texans game. And yes, it's the Texans. I know like Davis Mills has a long neck and he stinks. So, you know, we can't get too much credit, <laughs> but um, he was, he was good that game. Like he was really good. He made a huge hit, I think. And everyone's like, Oh, who's that? 40 from whatever his name number was 42, 41, from like, yeah. And Quan Johnson. So, I mean, I, I, you get, you get the two best in the league and you, you roll with that and they're extremely important to this defense. And I think if those guys aren't around, it's going to be interesting to see if kind of the gears start to stop turning or if they start, the machine starts to fall apart a little. Um, and I'm mainly speaking about Jordan Poyer at this yeah. point. So uh, good, good depth though. I'm, I'm happy with everything. I
0: like the depth. Benford can be uh, the center fielder. Look, yeah, we, he could be. He's a six account. round pick, <laughs> six pick round pick from Villanova. Do we um, do do we see him as a long term option? Look, he's going to be a project, and I agree. He'll be uh, yeah. he'll be very interesting to see. Um, wait, his, his playing, ball he, hawking. He, yeah, he played both. He he's, played both in really college, good. corner and safety. So that's why why McDermott and Bean like them cuz there's versatility, They love versatility in at all positions. Like you have like the Ryan Bates, he can move inside and outside. Um or inside at guard, to center. And then you have Luke to who they drafted in round who could play guard and tackle. They love um they love all
1: that stuff. Another Virginia so, Tech guy for you.
0: Yeah. I, I like my Virginia <laughs> Tech guys. Uh, Luke Tunnell is an interesting pick, but we don't think of that. We got that last week. But I think Bedford could play safety and I think training camp and uh rookie mini camps would be very interesting to see what uh Benford can do because tough yeah. to make this roster as a secondary player. Um, very tough. So um if he can play both, it'll give him a leg up. Poirier needs to be signed, period. We both agree. We're not gonna get into that conversation right now at this point, but we both agree. I oh I agree. I, I wasn't sorry, speaking for you. Do you agree? You agree, you said uh Poirier. Yeah, I like okay. we
1: we did on a couple episodes ago. We did like the in terms of priority, like people that need to be signed, and I picked Poirier as my top priority because I think he's just so important to this defense. He does everything.
0: And then Benford is a longer term project and Hyde So it's a couple more years. Yes. Hyde is signed a little longer than I Benford agree. and uh, not Benford, than Poyer, excuse me. And obviously Benford is a long-term project. Like I acknowledge and like Matt acknowledge guys, I appreciate all of your comments. Like we always do. It's, it's, it's enjoyable doing yes. this for both in Buffalo. Um, we went a little over the time, not Thank the worst you. thing in the world. That's, Fun of it. We break down some bills every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Matt, before we sign off, where can everyone um check you out once again?
1: Pete, you have an awesome show. So if we go five minutes over in the hour, I, I think it. everyone's appreciate okay it, with that, appreciate including it. myself. So no, thank you, man, for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh you can follow check us out on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Of course, it's the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. Uh we always like to say, you know, if you give us two minutes or two hours of your time, we greatly appreciate it. We drop every Sunday. Uh, we just had like a mega episode where we reviewed, uh, talking about Bills being in the Super Bowl, uh, the movie Second String, where the Bills are actually in the Super Bowl and win it. Spoiler alert. So it was fun. It's one of those like so bad it's good movies. Um, so it was super fun. We try to give, you know, casual and fun talk and try to be funny or than we probably are. And, you know, at Woody Sports M16 on Twitter, Instagram, give us a follow, give us a like, you know. Um, we have a t-shirt store. I'm, I'm wearing one now I'll stand up. It's our stepbrothers one, which is, it's pretty cool. It's, it's one of our better we'll, sellers. We'll so, be sure. uh, we have a lot of cool designs in the t-shirt store. So we, we, we try to, like I said, like we, we have a lot of pop culture references and we try to do some, some funny things here every episode for you to, to have a good time. So, um, you know, we got to start adding Z's to our things cause that's just super cool. Like blitz. With yeah. a
0: Z, <laughs> that's you know that that you know that is that's that's Dave. Very Myers.
1: very fan control, very fan control football league of you. They're they're big Z people. Yeah, they are. That's that's the breakers, that, 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 the Ice Dogs. Not taking the credit <laughs> for that
0: design. That was all Dave Myers, founder of Built the Buffalo, makes all our graphics. So appreciate Dave's, that. I'm going to read a Dave's couple more man. comments because people are commenting, and I want I like to engage with comments. Helps the conversation. I know Matt, you agree. Helps the conversation going and. We support our fans. Um, be interested to see where they're so high on Tarot, Bernard. Um, yeah, like we broke it down maybe 10 minutes ago, so this you can go back and listen on that, and it'll be and this turns into an audio podcast Friday mornings. So if you guys want to go back and listen to Friday that. mornings, built the Buffalo Network. Um, and Hayes, you guys are awesome. No Hayes, you are awesome. We you. appreciate you coming on, but thank you for the compliment, it means a lot, guys. Thank you. Make sure you guys check out Matt's podcast with the built in Buffalo Network. Every Sunday, make sure you check out built in Buffalo network, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Apple podcasts, Spotify. So podcasts drop basically daily live shows about five times a week, and then content throughout the day on uh, all social media platforms. And we just do great stuff and built in Buffalo news.com um, about four to five articles throughout the week. I read for built in Buffalo news.com. So some good content for built in Buffalo for your Bills, and you guys don't want to miss that. I appreciate you guys coming on, Matt. Once again, I appreciate you coming on, man.
1: Thank you, Pete. Appreciate it, man.
0: Of course, man. Guys, Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Every Wednesday, uh, the Buffalo Blitz, this turns into an audio podcast on Friday morning. So if you're driving to work, you don't want to listen to any of those uh, morning shows with commercials. This is not a commercial show. We don't do ads. You don't got anything like that. Friday morning, this turns on Apple Podcasts and Spotify into an audio podcast. So you guys missed the episode and you want to watch the whole thing, or you can always go back and rewind on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can do that, and you can listen on Apple Podcasts on Friday mornings. Next week, I'll see you guys back next week, 8 p.m. on Wednesday on all our networks. Tomorrow night, breaking tables, 7.30. So come back right here for Built-in Buffalo content. 7.30 tomorrow night, breaking tables. Until next time, guys, this is the Buffalo Blitz on the Built-in Buffalo Network. I'll see you guys next Wednesday, and have a good rest of your night, and enjoy your weekend.
1: Go Bills. Go
0: Bills.